Blog Talk Radio. <coughs> You're on the Larger and Lawrence and Sports Show. Thanks for tuning in. We do the show live every Thursday, generally at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, but we're a little off tonight. We're starting at 5 p.m. we got a major meeting later on this evening that Al and I, Al and I got to prep for. That's right. Some big things happening with the Larger and Lawrence and Sports you Show. You know it. Big announcements coming in a couple weeks when yeah. you forget about it. <laughs> so we do it live every single Thursday night on Blog Talk Radio. We are also on iTunes. Thank you so much there. Hit that subscribe button now, Larcher. Hell yeah. JR can hit it too if he'd like. We are also on the Stitcher Radio. Boom. And we just joined Player FM. It's a new thing. I can tell I can tell the folks all about it later. It's another another place you can pick up our podcast. I'm straight out of the player. So grab us wherever you get your favorite podcast and add us to the list. Tell a friend about us. At Larcher Lawrenton on Twitter. At Larcher Lawrenton. No JB tonight in the studio. No. The king of uh, social media has another engagement. Well, we jumped the gun on him. Yeah, a little early. Yeah. Let's just go right into it. I mean, experienced coaches, you wanted it, you got it. The Cubs, they're making some, uh, they're making some trades, having conventions. Uh, the Bulls are sliding with a tough schedule coming up ahead. Rose, Derek Rose, saying some things. Mm-hmm. Blackhawks are just getting it done. They're currently thirty, fifteen, and two. Last night pulled it out in Pittsburgh, three to two. And the White Sox, well, they're being the White Sox. They got a convention this weekend. Oh, I can't wait. I am so excited. They're, those people, see the people at the Cubs convention, they don't know how to have any fun. The Sox, they're all about baseball and good times. Well, I'd like to disagree. And they talk about championships and things they've seen in their lifetime. Where the Cubs, they everything is a fantasy. Ten years. Everything is a fantasy. It's been ten years, Al. I mean, come on. Just get over it. Get over it. It's been 10 years since a baseball team in town has won the World Series. It's been 25 since a football team has. That's a decade. Come on. It's been (sighs) 10 decades since the Cubs have done it. More than that, I think. I don't know. Let's do a show. My name's Clark Lawrence, and I'm one half of the Larcher and Lawrence Sports Show. This is my partner, the one and only Alfred Ferdinand Larcher III. Well, are you going to hit record? I think we're recording it. Well, then why we're doing a show. The show's already started. What, what do you want me to do? I, I throw it to you. This is how it works. Oh, well, thank you, Banter Clark Lawrence, then. Or, uh, Lawrence, what's your new Facebook <laughs> oh, name? get out you, of here. You've what changed are you your, up here for? This Jesus, guy sitting around it. watching the Karate Kid decides to change his Facebook name. It's uh, Lawrence-on. 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 And then he finds out after the fact. It takes 60 days to well, change your name again. No, it, it tells you before you click the button, don't do this unless you're serious, because it's going to take 60 days before you can change it again. I didn't know if they were serious or not. And they told you. There was I a know. big warning. And then I went to go change it. They said no. Hey, what am hey. I going to do? Uh, so, yeah, Lauren's son. Uh, people are misspelling the name. New people. I mean, I've always lived with it like that, because it's E-N, L-O-R-E-N-S-E-N. Yeah. And, of course, you know, you, you want to go with the O in there, and, and a lot of people do it. Well, Lauren, my wife, is just now figuring it out. Lauren Lawrence, of course. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Lawrence. And people are sending us, you know, birthday gifts, Christmas cards, birthday gifts. I don't know. Not yet. but Yeah, steak dinner such. on your birthday. And people that I didn't know didn't know how to spell it now. I'm finding out more. So that's that was – I kind of been thinking But what does that. it matter? Like, do you really give a shit? I'm hiding out. Like, if you get a gift in the mail, someone's John gracious enough, hiding out right now. You're, someone's gracious enough to send you a gift. Do you really get upset that your name is spelled wrong? No. No. Okay. I don't care. All right. 
I don't care. Do you, do you get upset when people think your name's Archer? Your last name's no, Archer? No, no. That used to happen on the radio all the time. Huh? That ha- used to happen on the radio all the time. People thought it was Archer. Oh, yeah. Because when you say it, it's Al Archer. Al Archer. Um, we've, I think we've discussed that a ton well, of this Well, a name that's very easy to say is John Fox. John Fox. I thought Pace. about that earlier. Spelling it's great, too. We got Fox, Pace, Gates. Gates. And then the Italian fella. Yeah. Victorino. Vic- Victorino. Giordano. Giordano Victorino, who I, I guess I is a great defensive coordinator. I mean, comes from Fangio. San Francisco. Fangio? Oh, Fangio, Fangio. sure. Fangio. Sure, Fangio. If you get hey, fancy with it. This is a good hire. All around, uh, you cannot be more thrilled about what the Chicago Bears have done with their coaching staff. They're in a little bit of a better place. Would you have to say that? Absolutely. Did, did you play the song, What Does the Fox Say? That was his press conference. That's his song? Yeah, that's his theme song. I don't know the song. You you know that song. I don't song. know the song. How do you not know that song? I don't know the song. Yarvis or Yelvis? I go the other way. I All right. When, when I hear things that loud, it's just like, I'm out of here. When the great uh, coaching staff was being assembled, you were at your little Cubs convention. Did they stop and announce it? Because that's more important than whatever they were talking about. Stop to announce it at the Cubs convention? Yeah. What does that have to do with the Cubs? Because the, a baby bear is a cub. Nah, they didn't have anything to say about it. I will say this: uh, there's some, there are some baseball fans. There are some Cubs fans that go to the Cub convention, as one would imagine. Yeah, but is this like the one time of year they get out of their little rubber room? Probably. They, okay. they come out of mom's basement. Is what happens. A lot of that. Yeah, a little bit of that. I, I mean, I, I felt at home. I got to be honest. Cubs fans, we we got each other. Friday night, uh, I didn't make it for the opening ceremonies. wasn't a big deal. But I did go to Ryan Dempster's show. He he hosted a talk show. It was like a two-hour, three-hour-long talk show. We stayed for most of it. My well, Lauren came down and joined me. Yeah, you can't uh, bring a woman in those things. When I say that Ryan Dempster was good, I'm not just saying he was good for a ball player. Mm-hmm. He was pretty good. Like, I don't know if he could host a show, but you know how bad Jimmy Fallon was, especially at the beginning? It was similar no, to that. Never tuned it. Like a... Uh, Similar to that, uh, it was pretty good, and he can hold a crowd. He's very good at entertaining. Yeah, he brought out all the big hitters. I mean, uh, Lester came out, Theo and Hoyer, Madden, Joe Madden. Wow, that guy's is cool. Did you? No, that big, guy's really cool. The question: Mark DeRosa, former Cub. It was okay. Did uh, Madden have on his weird glasses? And oh yeah, wears them. Uh, the next day, there were a few other segments, and I went to the went to a couple co- uh, conferences. Basically, I went to uh, meet the management Saturday. Of course, uh, Theo and Jed, you got to hear him talk, hear him, uh, you know, explain exactly the philosophy and what's going on. Did you get to shake their hand? I I did not. Okay, I wasn't looking to, to no, do that. I wasn't looking for autographs or yeah. anything. I, I just I wanted to go and hear what they had to say, uh, and for that I enjoyed it. And the place was packed. They mm-hmm. over. I, I think they oversold it. Wow. Uh, you couldn't. You could barely get, get some standing room. Luckily, we got there early enough, safe seats. Uh, but so it meet the managers, was, meet the coaching staff is what I liked a lot. When Joe Madden came out, standing ovation, and he is as cool as they say he is. He just had a slickness to him that yeah, just resonated this. through the room. I I don't know who can not like the guy. You know what I mean? Like the the, the biggest wow. of Cubs fans, and then even the people who who really don't pay that much attention. Um, I've been getting hit up a lot at, uh, at, at my Facebook or, uh, the Twitter actually this week Oh, at, uh, Larcher Than Life. Yep. And, um, what I've found is, uh, all the Larcher, all, all the alcoholics, they want, they've been asking me, did Clark ask the big question? 
What's up with the traffic? Did you, did you get that out there? Or? I did not have a chance to. You didn't ask any questions, uh, broadcast journalist that you are? What's that? You're a broadcast journalist. Um, I didn't get a chance to ask. They had fans ask questions? Uh-huh. And, of course, all these dopes went running up there. Uh, Dr. Johnson saw him at the convention. We, we sat next to each other for the managers and for the other thing. He uh, he walked over there to get in line, but these other these other guys, these dopes were like, they were diving for it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But there, I'll say this. There were some educated questions, like educated fans, and they asked good questions about baseball. They were asking about positions that needed to be filled, and sure enough, soon after that, uh, Cubs picked up their new leadoff guy, uh, Dexter Fowler, it looks like is going to be the new leadoff guy. He's a center fielder that they got from Houston, Alan. I don't know if you caught that the last oh, yeah. couple of days. Yeah, I've been all over that this week. But that worked out. Um, I saw Clark the Cub while I was there. Did you kick him in the nuts? I didn't take a picture with anybody. I didn't. I should have. I didn't get close enough on purpose. Uh, I, I, actually, I looked up, and I'm a few minutes, or I was a few feet away from Kerry Wood. And I didn't take pictures like I told you. I wasn't the guy looking to get autographs from ballplayers. Uh-huh. But I did get a picture with one guy, and it was Wayne Mesmer, the okay. guy who originated the singing of the – well, not the singing of the National Anthem, but at the Blackhawks. He was doing it before Cornelison down there. I see. With the standing, with the clapping and all of that. Brought that to the Chicago Wolves. I believe he's a part owner, and he's always sang at Chicago Cubs games as well. So now did he get uh, the boot from the Blackhawks? Is that Wayne, how they bought Wayne in Mesmer. the uh, the, the heavyset cat? Yeah, I don't know what happened. I know that he got shot a couple years back. Ooh. Like he's been shot a couple times. Yeah, he's an outlaw. He's he's like your Billy Joe Shaver, Al. I didn't realize uh, baseball, the, the national anthem business trade was that uh was that difficult. Like I didn't realize that guys. Would you think it was Cornelius and taking shots at him? No. Are you sure there's not I, like a West Side I want this job kind of thing? A West Side East Side rivalry? Look, if you're looking to open up an investigation or at least start something, start some Twitter rumors out there, then go ahead. Because Jim Cornelison's like the Biggie Smalls of um, national anthems. Jim Cornelison is the Biggie Smalls of national yeah. anthems. Meaning, he, he just is. You know, he, he's he, he's the he's the guy. You know, he's flashing things and. When he dies, he's going to be releasing tons of other versions of the National Anthem. Oh, yeah. Anthem. No, he's yeah. got stuff in the archives, just in case. I because you it. never know, being a National Anthem singer, when your last breath is going to be. You After he and Cornelison pass away, both of their moms are going to come out and speak together and talk about how we need to bring all National Anthem singers together. Is that how you see it happening? I hope so. I hope there is. And, and you know what? Not just the National Anthem of the Star Spangled Banner, but O Canada as well. You know, okay. I want peace. I want peace throughout. Yeah, I'll now, take it. We're going to be talking a lot of Bears stuff. We got a Ferrari uh, pulling in a little yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, we'll be talking a lot of that. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm excited for that because there, there is, there's nothing but excitement going on in Chicago right now. I see they're drilling oil over at uh, Wrigley Field. They got the big drills going in the ground. There, I think there's oil under there. Well, you heard the big news. I'm surprised you haven't bitched about it yet, brother. Uh, they announced it Saturday. More traffic at the business ops thing. Uh, the bleachers. Yeah, yeah. Bleachers are not going to be finished uh, until May. Left field, I believe, finishes uh, beginning of May, and right field in late May. So that means you're going to have Cubs dopes creating traffic, going to their silly little game. Well, construction is going on, so you're going to have construction causing a bunch of traffic. Going to be a nightmare. Well, you were just saying you need to walk a little more. Why don't you just walk? They're not going to be. You're, the cars aren't going to be on the sidewalk. Have you ever tried walking around tru- Cubs people? Why do you have to walk by Cubs people? Take another route. 
You, well, don't, because you don't I, have to walk down Clark Street to get there. That doesn't solve my problem of driving to get work. Off, get off the L or whatever at, at Belmont. Oh, because it's always uh, pleasant getting off at you're Belmont. You're coming from the north. You can just head straight. Nobody else is coming the direction you're coming. All right. Take yeah, the back roads. Crazy. Take the back roads. Side streets. Hey, you, Side streets. You may not have met any Cubs players, but Sunday night you did meet uh, wrestling Hall of Famer Jake the Snake Roberts. It was an honor. Uh, we, we talked about it on the last podcast. You and you and JB were going over to uh, to see him. Yeah, over that's right. Rosemont, right? Or close? Um, Edison Park. Edison Park, Chicago, still. And one of the guys who, who, who was on the trips, like, uh, yeah, we were going to Edison Park, and my girlfriend's like, isn't that a tough neighborhood? Isn't that a rough neighborhood? So I googled it, and it turns out that Edison Park has the least crime rate in the whole city of Chicago. Very, very rough. They so, were scared. <laughs> we felt very safe. Mm-hmm. We went. Jake the Snake got a little heckled during the show. It was like the second time he'd done it. Right. Somebody. He, it's was, a new show that he's doing. It's some comedy and it's telling yeah, stories. He just he does. There's stand up followed by some road stories from Jake. Yep. And uh, he got a little heckled, and I think he ended a little early. I went again Sunday because I wanted you to have an opportunity thank you, to go. Thank you, thank I you wanted for bringing to, me there. I'm really glad. Well, I just I, I you, you just came right down. It was a couple blocks from your house. So. Well, yeah. I I wouldn't have gone much further than two blocks, but. I'm glad that I went now. Yeah, and I would have had I known the time that I would have. At Peace Small, we all went down there, and uh, Jake the Snake did a, another show at the Annoyance. This one was phenomenal. These stories are—I mean, this guy is—he's uh, uh, a road warrior, you know. Yeah, he, he's got some brilliant stories from wrestling, and that is a—that is a hell of a life, man. Yeah, that—that that wrestling life on the road. Uh, you know, you're touring. You're 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 a touring carnival. You're. Well, it's like bands, you know? Yeah. I mean, those guys are wor- working hard all the time. A little bit of a generational gap between myself and a Jake the Snake, but uh, I think you got to expect, expect that. Some of the jokes were kind of like, wah, wah, yeah. things like that. Little, little racy, if you will. Sure. But that's oh, what yeah. I would expect was... from a Texan. He had, no problem, he had no problem dropping any um, swear words or being, being himself. Yep. He was uh, pretty... Uh, yeah, a rough guy. I mean, he had some problems with cocaine and alcohol. Sexual innuendos. And he, he likes sex a lot, and he yeah. he did have to travel around with a snake. That being said, those stories... He had to travel with it in his car. Yeah. I I guess I never thought about it, but of course, sure. Yeah, he did. The great, the best story is him and him and Hacksaw running around the outside of it. Oh, I yeah. enjoyed that. The snake got out in the car, and uh, both of them had to bail. Hacksaw was driving, and Hacksaw driving is already a scary thing. Yeah, the guy, does, he's like missing an eye. Yeah. He's got an eye going in three directions. And he said he went in and out of ditches. I'm sure. Whatever, but anyway. It was a good, good time. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, you, got, you have your encyclopedia. I did. I got my WWE encyclopedia. It has anybody who's ever been on television in it. I didn't believe him that it could have that, but it had these guys in it who were on for literally three months, which, by the way, would that fella go by? Carney? Kazarni, 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 Kazarni. Yeah, uh, he, he was on WWF TV, WWE, whatever, for like three months, and he's in this encyclopedia. Yes, I got, had him sign it as well, which is probably a very rare autograph. Told, yes, that is the one, Al. That, that's the one that you're not going to find because you're not going out of your way to see this guy. No, but uh, anyway, I had a good time. It was cool, very cool to see. It'd be nice to see him get some more people. Well. There is uh, there's a major breaking news story that has uh, shaken this country, and uh, it's it's shaken the very foundation of what we believe in and uh, who we are as Americans, and it's fondly known as Ballgate. 
It's a, a, a national tragedy in which uh, the Patriots, the greatest team in football in my lifetime, um, were playing the Colts, one of the worst teams in football in my lifetime. Yep. And uh, they were playing each other, and uh, the Patriots had uh, special balls with uh, some kind of um, uh, electrical frequencies in them that let them win by um, by means of a computer-operated system? Yeah. Is that what they were operated by? Well, I think so. Bill Belichick, he's a wizard. I don't okay. know. Have you ever seen him? He wears, he's, uh, he's like a sage See, monk. If this was going on, I would give it the time and day. But, I mean, from what it is, I don't care. And it seems like it's the biggest thing ever. Yeah, it's garbage. What is this? this? Okay, so the balls were deflated by two pounds. Who gives a shit? Which sounds like a lot, but it's not two pounds of weight. It's two pounds of pressure. I don't know what effect it has on it, but regardless, the Patriots, when I first heard about this, you know what my first thought was? Yeah. Why aren't the Bears doing this? Exactly. Why aren't we deflating our balls and maybe getting another win or two? Because that's what championship teams... You know, there's a reason in my lifetime the Patriots have been to seven, seven Super Bowls. And the Bears in my lifetime have been to one, two. I agree. Two. I was watching that conference, that news conference, and I looked this up. They asked him 380 questions all regarding the balls. They asked Tom Brady this earlier. Yeah. And it was 380 questions too much because I don't give a shit. No, I, I want to know what Patriots, what, what Tom Brady is thinking about the Seattle Seahawks exactly. secondary. Exactly. That's I'd like I to maybe know. talk a little bit about the championship games because there was one pretty damn exciting game. And I want to talk about how they kicked the living hell out of the Colts. And one Colts player even said it. They could have been playing with a snake as the ball, and they'd have won it. Yeah. Snake, whatever. He said something like that. They could have had Jake the Snake Plumber playing quarterback, and they would have won. I, I agree. Can I tell you something about air pressure? Yeah. And when you fill up a ball with air, and, and you're inside, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, it's what, 30 degrees outside? Right. If I fill that ball up to 12.5 right here inside... When I take that ball outside, guess what happens? It'll lose some pressure. It's called thermal dynamics, my friend. Engineering genius you are. Thermal dynamics. And I know this. Why? Well, one, because my buddy Farmer Chad, who is an engineer, Mm -hmm. gave me a call today and told me about thermal dynamics. Wow. And I learned the definition or the uh, scientific term for what it is when I'm filling up Segway tires over on the scooter shop, as you would say. And I fill them up inside. I fill them an extra five to ten. Because by the time they get outside in the cold, boom. So now are you like an expert over there? Like one of your underlings are filling up a, a, a scooter. You're like, well, you got your thermal pressure going on there. You got to make sure you're reaching a certain PSI. Now you're using the jargon. Now you sound like a pro. The rest of your life, done. I'm not saying that they didn't deflate the balls on purpose because I'm pretty sure they did. I don't really care about it. But even if they deflated them to just the 12.5 within 10 minutes or whatever, it's going to go down. The great, the great former governor of the great state of Minnesota, Jesse the Mind Ventura, yes. who doesn't have time to bleed, he said it best back in his wrestling days. Win if you must, lose if you will, but always cheat. Hey, you got to give yourself the advantage. You got like to gotta give yourself a chance. This is football. You know how much happens by luck and by uh, uh, coincidence? You got to counter that with a little bit of jive. Well, you know about them opening doors in certain stadiums right. to get certain drafts for certain kicks. I mean, come on, shit happens everywhere. Peyton Manning also is notorious for deflating his balls. And yeah. then on top of that, on top of his balls, um, the guy who was the Tampa Bay quarterback during the Super Bowl came Brad out Johnson. and said Brad Johnson paid 
to make sure his balls were saggy for that Super Bowl. What did he Bowl. say? He spent like 7500 bucks. Yeah, well worth it. Yeah, of course. So I, it's just it's a, it's an outrage. I think that there should be more cheating in football. If the referee catches you, you get busted. Here's the deal. If I have a job, and you know I'm a very punctual man, so this never would. This is just a scenario. We we should probably say maybe you. If if you had a job and you were late a couple times, I don't do that anymore. Okay. If a young Clark Lawrence started yesterday, had a job and he was he was late a couple times, and they said, "Hey, if you're late again, we have to let you go." Okay. Okay. So now you're running late to work. Right. And you could speed to get to work without an issue. You could get there, but if you speed, if you go the limit, you're going to get you're going to be late, you're going to get fired. I'm going to speed. Do you weigh in the fact that the $65 ticket, the speeding ticket is more is is worth paying as opposed to getting to work on it's time to lose your me job? It's going to cost $65 to keep my job. Yeah. Yeah. Pay. Yes, you Done. weigh the penalty Done. against the action. In all honesty, there's a damn decent chance that you're not going to get pulled over. Right. I'm not a scientist. I don't know the exact percentage, but I would guess it is at least. But let, let's say there's a there's a camera ticket on the way. I mean, you're probably I would take the camera ticket and keep my job right. over losing my job. And that's what this is. Patriots lose. They're out. They're done. Game over. The question that people are dying to know, and we all know that you are a big driver and you're big into traffic and flow and things like that is if you had gone through a red light and you saw the, the it flash behind you when you came up by uh by lane tech high school yeah would you be slowing down then because of the speed cameras over there on addison if, if i knew of if i knew a way to avoid it absolutely sure yeah I, on my way here i know there's a speed camera right by this hill and everybody slows down. We almost all rear-end each other. Yeah, Everyone I always slams wonder why brakes. the hell they're slowing down. And I'm like, oh, there yeah. it is. Camera. Speed camera. I always put my finger out of the sunroof in the summer. I give it a, I give it a big F you, you finger. I, I got to tell you, though, I'm, I'm happy that the city's making money. Because uh, with red light cameras and speed cameras, at least we can live here and the city can do wonderful things. What are you, what are you doing? I, you, you should be thrown out. Get out of here. If I could have you removed from here, I would. I would you, you think we could get Ferrari on the line and just I could just talk to him? Well, because he, he was smart. He got out of this damn city. He saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. He, he got his little Ferrari, and he took off. Jason Ferrari is not a fan. He, I'm going to guess he doesn't drive a Ferrari. I don't. Well, his name is Ferrari. You think maybe they just I wonder if moving to Madison, he did get a vehicle, though. I don't, I don't believe he had one here in Chicago. Don't, don't you need one in Madison? Doesn't he play soccer? No. Oh. That was, that's, I wouldn't think he plays soccer. He's a football guy through and through. I thought, I thought, for some reason, I thought he played soccer. You probably know a guy who does play soccer. Yeah. So who cares about deflated balls? That's what I'm saying. I don't care. I think it's a great Do thing. Do you care? Let us know. In my opinion, they should put Bill Belichick in the Hall of Fame right now. During the Pro Bowl, they should cancel the Pro Bowl. Enough with this stupid draft. Stupid draft at Pro Bowl. Get rid of that. Let's just have a Bill Belichick appreciation night. Let's have a ceremony. Let's get him in the Hall of Fame. Let's give him a bust. They don't even need to vote on it. Yeah. This guy's a genius. This is what football's about. It's about winning. Win, win, win. Bears can't figure it out. Now I think we're in the right path because we got some guys out there who, who've been to the dance, who know how to deflate balls. If you want to bore us with some deflated ball talk, give us a call, 347-945-6131 or 888-787-4827. 
If you just want to drop us a text, we got the text line at 773-559-5189. Lauren is here to answer your calls on the hotline. Al is here to answer your text. Did you go to the Chinese theater, or are you planning on going to see Never been to the Chinese theater. I think they mail those things to us. We put our email down for uh, to try to win tickets once. Okay. Well, uh, there, there's only five shows left. We tried to go to Newsies. Lauren, Lauren wanted to see Newsies, so I was going to take her to it. We look it up, and the ticket prices were like thousand dollars just to get in. The oh, balls! That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Uh, if you get a chance, get to Book of Mormon. It's coming back. You know what? You skip Book of Mormon and don't spend a thousand dollars. Go see some local improv. Go see some local guys at five dollars a pop. True. There's and theaters all up and down this block. This Belmont Theater District, get over to 773. Get down to that Studio B or whatever they're calling it, MCL now. No. Comedy Sports is right over there. Annoyance. Annoyance. I mean, just, uh, you piss, you're going to hit something. I haven't been down to that new I.O. Theater yet. but uh, The Iowa Theater? In second, I.O. Oh. I.O. Chicago. Improv Olympic to you old-timers out there. It'd be good. And... Also, be looking out for Comedy Accident. We, we talk about them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We've we got some uh, projects in the work. Been involved with them. Some content that you won't even have to leave your house to watch. That's all I'm going to say. That's pretty, I think that's poetic. I think you described it. Hey, you know, I, I, speaking of old, you know what I did this morning before I went to you bed? sleeping. Before I went to bed, I watched uh, Saturday Night Live. Did you see this week's Saturday Night Live? I watched some of it. Did you see the, the musical guest? Oh yes. The, what what is going on? Who were the, the two people were dancing and she was singing sideways and had her eyes covered. Yeah, with, yeah. I with a lampshade. Her eyes were covered with a, like a the the black lamp. Right. She had the lampshade over her face and she was standing sideways and these two goofballs were dancing. Now it's a Sia. I've heard the Sia. Well, I like Sia. Her name's a Sia. 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 S I A. Sia. 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 It's Are pronounced you sure? Sia. I'm positive on this. As a matter of fact, I always thought she was a black girl. To be honest. Nicki Minaj surprised me, too. Yeah. Just going to say it. I, I, I love Nicki Minaj. I didn't know what she looked like. I'm a big fan of oh, her. Oh, she's great. But anyway, this Sia. She's a good so performer. So Sia, she's got this song, Chandelier. And whenever I'm, a, whenever I'm at Trader Tides and I'm playing some music, I play this Chandelier. Everybody stops and enjoys that song. It's a great okay. song. So yeah. when I heard she was on Saturday Night Live, I, you know, Lady Gaga does this. I got over it with Lady Gaga. I'm like, okay, she's a little weird. She wears outfits. She covers her face. Whatever. People been I, doing it, though. I York. Can, David York. Allen Coe used to wear a mask and call himself the mysterious rhinestone cowboy. I get it. It's a gimmick. Yeah, you're doing a gimmick. But now you can't have two people, what I'm saying, wearing lampshades on their head. Because now it's just, it's just awkward. So Sia comes out and she sings this chandelier, this beautiful song. Standing next to her is a mime. Yeah. The whole time the mime's doing it, she's got a lampshade on her face. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't even there know what she looks them, like. She's got like the, the, the haircut they give uh, people with Down syndrome. She's got that going on with the lampshade over her face. And the, the mime is dancing around to the damn song, ruining the whole experience. This is, they got to put an end to this. Yep. I'm sick of Broadway and pop music. The problem with creativity is that a lot of times you're trying so hard to create something new that it ends up just being weird and misses everybody. And I like weird. I love weird. Like I said, the Lady Gaga, she got it. She's doing it. I get it. It's fine. I can handle one of these people. But she occasionally takes the lampshade off her head, and she sings with Tony Bennett. And they make beautiful music. This Sia, beautiful voice. I think she might be Australian, because that's the new thing now. She's Australian? I, I don't know. What's the new thing? I'm Everybody's just Everybody's Australian? Yeah, all, like the, all these musicians. I, I, uh, the um, Who else? I think Charlie XCX is Australian. Who? The, the broad from um, 
Oh, I, what's her song? I don't know. Charlie? She, her name's Charlie? Uh, yeah, I don't know. See, X, I don't know this shit. I'm trying to learn it, Al. I'm, I'm honest with you. Lord, another Australian. Oh, there you go. Um, uh, Keith Urban. Yeah, I, all the girls, like fancy, you know, the broad rapping and fancy? Yeah. that's She's Australian. Keith Urban, last night, uh, we had my mother visiting. And uh, we went out to dinner, and we recorded American Idol, because she's an American Idol watcher. Keith... Keith Urban, Harry Connick Jr., and Jennifer Lopez are the uh, are the are the judges. I don't hate the show. With them as judges, I don't hate it anymore. They actually do a fine job. Uh, the See, one thing that I don't understand. Well, first of all, singers must be getting worse because they now allow accompaniment by a piano during the audition. Ooh. I've only watched one season of this show ever. This is Catherine uh, McPhee, but American Idol. Okay, with Harry Connick Jr., Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. And they do fine. They interact together really well. The singers, I don't believe they're as good as they used to be. They've, they've run the talent pool dry. Sure. They allow accompaniment when they're in there. Well, uh, the judges, they make some funny jokes back and forth. They've added a laugh track. Really? Yeah. Ugh. And, and you know, like the, the happy days. The guys running the camera are doing the laughing. Yeah, but, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Uh, it's like the Tom Snyder show? What's that? Did you ever watch the Tom Snyder no. show? Was he a laugh track guy? No, but he would he would be sitting there. He didn't re- have an audience, so he'd be in the studio and he'd be like, "Oh, me and my mom went to uh, Subway this week and <laughs> we didn't eat fresh." And then you hear laughter, and it's the guy behind the camera. And then oh, he'll be like, yeah. "Oh, thank you, Jimmy, thank you <laughs> for the laugh." No, but they'd play it like they had a studio audience of like thirty. Would you say that, Lauren? Like it sounded like that? Yeah. Or are you sure there wasn't an audience there? No audience in that room. I'm pretty positive. We can look that up. Idle gate is what you can call it. More useless gates out there besides the other one. Gates in general are useless. Really? No. I think they're pretty useful. Otherwise, you'd have to jump over the fence. Well, dig yourself a hole underneath it. I prefer tell a dog who doesn't have thumbs. I prefer a a door to a gate. Well, in in every instance, what are you going to put a door like on your fence? Are sure. You, are you going to make it a door? Yeah, yeah. Why do you need that to be a door? At, at Larcher Manors, I would have a door instead of a gate. Why do you need a door? What? How does that help anything? Uh, so people can knock. It's easier to just oh. open. You got me. You got me. <laughs> you can't knock on a fence, but I'll tell you what. You can't knock on a gate, but you can certainly knock on a door. You're right. Okay. The actual gates are important. I, 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 I'm taking it back. Gates are important. Do you rescind I rescind completely. But gates and in, in conspiracies and, and uh, gates as in like Watergate, because that's where this all started. Yes, right. Um, These gates are ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And we keep talking about it because everybody's talking about it. Local analysis, everything. It's taken up time all over the place. And what I want to hear about is football. All I got to say to the Patriot haters out there is this is the greatest franchise you have ever seen in your life. And it's time to start respecting them. Jeez. This quarterback, this Tom Brady, I wouldn't go that. Far. This Tom Brady is married to a supermodel, Clark. Isn't that what you want in your quarterback? Supermodels. Why? I want my quarterback to play well on Sundays. Some Mondays as well. I want my steak cooked well on Sundays. I want my quarterback banging a supermodel after the big game. When was the last time you had a good steak on a Sunday? I don't know. Really? I usually get tacos on Sunday. Yeah, You go to your Mexican. I go to my Mexican place. Leave your credit card, and then it takes you six days right. to get it back. Because every Sunday they have the live mariachi band. Are you welcomed in there yet? Yes. At first, were you? 
I I've noticed I'm the only gringo in there. You said there was a a pretty decent cultural divide. Yeah, there, I mean, definitely. It seems like I feel like I'm going to the Mexican version, their version of the Olive Garden. <laughs> like like white people go, they get Italian, but they don't really know they're getting Italian, so they go to the Olive Garden. Oh, I feel like this is like where Mexican people go to get like, oh, let's have kind of a nice meal that's. Better than like a you know the local joint. Yep. Just step up, but it's not probably not high quality. Right. And then they you know they have the gimmicky. They got the uh, the uh, mariachi band playing, and they got the lady who pushes the cart and makes the fresh salsa. Okay. You know. And if you're nice and you ask her, she'll give you fresh. She'll make fresh avocado right there. R- right in front of you. Yeah, right in front of you. What? How does she make it? And she grinds it. She's got the little pulverizer, and she, you know, cuts it up, and she starts, uh, you know, squashing it, and boom. I, I think, yeah, uh, that was correctly how. What are the ingredients? That's what I Oh, some, you know, cilantro, uh, avocado. Nice. A little cilantro. Cilantro. Some, yeah. uh, they use avocado in there? They do. Good. Tomatoes. Tomatoes, yeah, Good. yeah, yeah. They everything. It's wonderful. And then I made the mistake because she's always like, "Oh, how hot do you want it?" And I made the mistake of going, oh yeah, yeah, you give me that, give me the super hot. Yep. And I always get a margarita. I get the the Oops. giant margarita, the peanut margarita. Yep. That thing was gone in like a minute. I'm like, it was like a cartoon with my tongue's falling out, and I'm slapping my eyeballs with my tongue, and then I'm getting the oil in my eyes, and then my eyes are burning. And what are you talking about? I don't know. This yeah. is a big week in, in sports. No we got, we have Chicago Bulls next week. Tough, man. We got Bulls. Well, go the ahead. Super Bowl. That is true. The Next Seattle the Seahawks, the coasts are fighting each other. The Seattle Seahawks of the West versus the New England Patriots of the East meeting. People are saying that Bill Belichick should not coach that game. Who do they want to coach the game? I, I don't know. You have the wizard. You have an evil wizard. Why wouldn't you want to see the wizard do his thing? That's I, so I stupid. Those people should be executed. Yeah, I, firing I don't, squad. I don't know why they don't want them to. As I was saying, uh, Bulls playing the Spurs tonight. Then Mavericks. Then Heat. Warriors. Lakers will be all right. Suns. Rockets. They got a heck, heck of a time happening right now. Of course, they just are coming off the losses to Atlanta and Cleveland. Things are not going well. Derrick Rose is he calling out the team as a whole? Yeah. Is he including himself in that? What exactly What's did he on? say? I read the headline just like you did, Al. Or yeah, just to give me an overview. What, what was the? Just the, the team's not playing hard anymore. The team is okay. Yeah, I I heard Thibodeau is kind of he's not making excuses, but he's saying, hey, we, we're we're injured. There's yeah. some injuries. It's taking its toll. We're trying to find ways around it. He's not saying, hey, we, there's nothing we could do. He's saying, hey, we got some issues. We're aware of it. We're working around it, trying to get this team back because all that matters is the playoffs. Well, All that matters. Right. And the, the thing that they're saying, and we know about losing a locker room, is that things are, are a little hairy right now. So they've had meetings today, and hopefully that improves it down there. Uh, Thibodeau, you know, he's been known as the guy who plays his guys way too much, plays them all the time. Right. Well, Dunleavy being out ends up being a little bit more than you would think because Jimmy has to go from the number two, Jimmy Butler, to that number three position, especially if Miritich is having trouble keeping up with the fast guys. Yeah. Yep. Well, I I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. do it. Hey guys, it's the Larger Lawrence Sports Show. Thank you for tuning in. My co-host is Al Larger. My name is Clark Lawrenson. We do this show live generally at six p.m. on Thursday nights. 
Thank you for tuning in on blogtalkradio.com. We have a podcast available. Well, this podcast is available on iTunes. It's available on Stitcher or wherever you grab your podcasts. So, so if you're listening live, you don't have to. Exactly. And if you're listening to the podcast, listen to us live if you want to join us. Yeah, then you can call in and uh, be a part of the show. Come on out. Join the community. Join the fun. We love calls. We love people. We're, we're nothing. Clark and I are not, if anything else, we're people people. We're going to the Larcher and Lawrence hotline right now. And our guy calling from Madison, Wisconsin, Jason Ferrari. What's up, guys? Oh, hey, Jason. What's going on, brother? Not much. Uh, you know, stalking the uh, the interwebs for all the news. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the big show. Is your Twitter feed filled up with a ton of ball gate? Uh, yeah. I, hey, Jason. I actually him for a while. So brutal. Do you ever go to uh do you ever use uh cbfans.net? No. I highly recommend them. They have been around. I first found them during the Duran hiring. And it okay. seems like all the people who listen to the score all day or contribute to the score all day, like Gridiron Assassin, you'll find there some right. other guys and they just sit there and they post about everything going on with the Bears, bitching and moaning, conspiracy theories. It's the Wild West. It's it's my absolute right favorite up your Bears information side. That's right up your alley. Hell yeah. Good. Well, I know I want to have you on to talk a little bit about your new blog, of course, but uh, let's get right into it. The Chicago yeah. Bears have made some hires. And what are your thoughts on the coaching staff today? Uh, well, I don't know if you read the last blog post. I mean, just just – Starting from general manager to like special teams coordinator, just say the name of last year's staff and this year's staff. It's I, I can't even believe it. Honestly, it's if there's a if there's a way of winning an off season, I I'd say that most people around the NFL would say that we're doing it so far. I mean, we we literally brought in the best absolute option for defensive coordinator. We brought in someone who interviewed for six NFL head coaching jobs as our offensive coordinator, and anyone is better than Joe DiCamillo as our special teams coordinator. I think a deflated ball could coach better than he did the last two years. Well, we basically traded. We swapped um, coordinators with uh, Denver. They got DiCamillo now, and we got their guy. There you go. (laughs) So they're going to suck. you know, I, I'm talking to a buddy, and I noticed somebody tweet this out the other day, and, and they said it in a like a derogatory fashion and then kind of backtracked that, well, the Chicago Bears are basically now the San Francisco 49ers and the Denver Broncos. It's like, and what's the problem exactly? Yeah. We've got a team who went to the Super Bowl last year and then the other team who went to the Super Bowl the year before. I, right. don't, I don't understand the problem. <laughs> right, and – uh, quite a few league championships in there, with a couple of winning your your conference. That it's it's unbelievable. I I think I am so happy with what's going on with this team. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't even I can't even tell you, Al. No. Likewise, this is uh, this is the greatest off season that could have happened so far. Now we get to the nit and grit. Now we get to the what's going to happen to this roster. You know what's the draft going to look like, and these are all important things, but. It is nice knowing the foundation has been laid, and there's not a flaw in it that I can see. Jason, your favorite thing about Vic Fangio, what what do you like about bringing him in? Well, 
if you if you if you recall any other time I've been on your show we talked about defense. I want the fat guys up front. That's what I've wanted for the last ten years. And we're gonna get it finally, because three four is the hardest defense to defend. It's prevalent. It's custom made to not only create pressure but to be very good against the pass and obviously the NFL has become a vertical league. I mean this is a change that we couldn't have made until recently, obviously, because our roster has been built for the Tampa two, but right. I mean, there's no better time right now with veterans coming out of contract and basically a bunch of nobodies on, I mean, really what, who do you want to keep on the roster? Like who should be sticking around under the new regime? Cause they have no loyalty to anyone who was here before. Right. I so heard... I love it, man. I cannot wait. Well, it... When do you, when can you see the the three four the change? I mean, is there gonna is it gonna take a while to for this to to pay off? Are they gonna be all right Absolutely, in it yeah. next year, guys? Now we're not gonna go to a pure three four. You don't think, do you? We can't. Um, we can't unless they just cut people loose and start repopulating. But I mean, that's just light money on fire. Um, like Allen Bancos, isn't good for it, right? He, he's not a fat guy who? up front. Oh, Jared Allen. Oh no, you know. The problem with him is I, I think that if if we were to go hybrid a little bit like a Seattle defense where they brought in a bunch of veterans like Cliff Avril and Michael Bennett and they wanted to bring in Jared Allen, they would actually have him be situational and standing up. But he did an interview last offseason saying, no way, I'm not doing it. I mean, maybe he will. We're on the hook for, you know, what, $5 million or $7 million, I should say, for him for this season. So maybe, but, I mean, that guy is – you know, a, a traditional four three rush end. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to do with him. Would they get to a point with him where they where they'd say, "Hey, look, you're you're either going to do it, or you, you can ride pine, or you can go home." Or you know, kind of trade him. I, I have no idea. I mean, Ryan Pace has. I mean, I, I'm so happy he's here, but I didn't envy his job. Wow. I mean, two to three years of that guy's life, he will not be home. He's right. right. He's, he's working big, on big, big, you know, and, you know, Al had mentioned it. This roster is in complete disarray. But the nice thing, once you pass, okay, so if you look at Jared Allen, um, Brent Mitchell, and Jay Cutler, that's where all the money is right there. So at least it's not, you know, a roster of 46 people sucking money out. Plus, with those people named, we still have close to in salary cap space. So, I mean, if they unload one of them, move one of them, renegotiate one of them, do something, we've got some money to play. So we could we could get close to the 3-4 we want. You know, I think we'll just have to do mixed fronts, but that's what the 49ers did all last year. They had seven people on IR. What about, the, uh, what about these rumors that have been going around for the last month or so about uh, Brandon Marshall being gone? gone? You know, I understand why. I think um, – unless people really have inside sources in the team and who knows, they could be talking to players or what. I, I think the media is doing to him what they've been doing to Cutler for years. I mean, obviously Marshall, not a, not a poster year for him. He's been kind of an idiot, you know, but I mean, this is not something that's new. Um, But he, there was no accountability on last year's staff. I mean, right. I don't know that Ryan Pace and and John Fox walked into their interview with a notion of getting rid of Color or Marshall. I'm guessing against it until they can look him in the eye and be like, hey, 
you do what I want or you're you're gone. It's like it's, I don't think this guy's gonna bullshit with these guys at all. I I do not get that impression from him. Yeah, if I'm John Fox, I want Brandon Marshall on my team unless cutting him is where the money is. You know, unless unless you're gonna free up some money you need elsewhere, maybe with. Alshon, he's not as big of a need, but we still don't have we don't have a third receiver, let alone a second receiver, if we lose Marshall, unless that's what we're planning to do in the draft. Yeah, not, which we have to not, anyway. We need a speed guy, but I agree. I would like to see a speed guy out there, but it, you can't get too much for Brandon Marshall at this point. And I no, I don't know. no. Al, you and I have talked about the. I appreciate him being there, uh, him being around, and the mental awareness side of things, Al. Yeah. Now, that being said, they're running a business down there, and if it is right, too much right. of a distraction, and you can get other wide receivers, sure, what does it matter? Who is Elshon Jeffrey? Hmm? Who is Elshon Jeffrey? Is, it's Elshon it, Jeffries. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's always plural on the Fox. Arshon Jeffries. Uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, is he a number one? Because it seems like he may have regressed a little bit this year. Um, you know what? Neither of those guys are playing healthy. Um, I don't. I don't know if I, I think Jeffrey can be a number one. A number one on a on a certain roster, but when you're on a roster with Marshall, no. You know what I mean? Like he's he could be a number one on a lesser roster. But if we were to get rid of Marshall, we need someone to take the focus off of him. Otherwise, he's getting double covered the whole game. And I mean, that's why Bennett helps and getting a speed guy helps. I, and I've never, I've never really understood the term number one receiver because you always have two receivers on the field. Sure, the number one guy might get more more tosses, but if your number two is as good as your number one, or your number one's drawing the double coverage, your number two is obviously going to benefit. So, a receiver is it's a combo, it's a duo, and I, I don't know that number one, number two really applies as much. No, uh, the you're going to love our offensive coordinator based on what you just said. Well. <laughs> What I was going to ask you about with, with Gase is there's a lot of fans out there saying, hey, well, he, he's had Peyton Manning. And, you know, they said it about Fox, too. Sure. That's what they're saying about Adam Gase right now. Peyton Manning runs that offense. What, what, do, you guys, what do you guys have to say to them? Yeah, he did run that offense. But you know what that means? We don't really know what Adam Gase's offense is unless you go back and you look at him putting a game plan together with Mike McCoy for Tim Tebow. And it, I, the guy won eight games in a playoff game, you know, which is honestly virtually impossible. Seriously, Tim Tebow winning against Pittsburgh in a playoff game—it's stupid. And this guy was one of the architects behind it. Um, well, ask—is it Michael and, Bush? Ask Michael Bush about that. And also, <laughs> you got to think John Fox knows exactly what's going on here. He hired Gase in Denver. Knowing the scenario, hey, we need a guy who's just going to be able to accommodate. Or he actually didn't know about Peyton Manning at that point. So he trusted this guy. John Fox knows he's not the offensive mind. He's the defensive mind. He knows how important a great offensive coordinator is. He's worked with this guy. He knows what he's going to get out of him. He trusts him. It seems like everything else John Fox has done has been brilliant. So, in effect, we, we almost need to trust John Fox at this point. That pace is legit. Or, I'm Agreed. sorry. Not only, did he, legit. not only did he hire him. He inherited him from Josh McDaniel's staff, who, when he was a wide receivers coach, he promoted him to quarterbacks coach and then promoted him to offensive coordinator. So he's obviously he's familiar with this guy. So I, I, I you know, and I, I don't think this was uh, he was the only one left. I mean, this guy was a he interviewed everywhere. Why he didn't get jobs, I don't know, but 
from a pure staff assembly standpoint, we've got the best of the best right now. You know, and nice. Al, you mentioned the uh, the wide receivers and why do they need positions and numbers and all that stuff. Well, if you uh, YouTube Adam Gase interviews, there's one where he's talking before training camp and he tells people point blank, my offensive system doesn't number receivers. We just you send them on routes. <laughs> we want them to come up and have mismatches. I'm like, good. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's how like you that. should think of it. Yeah. Because, I mean, number one, it's irrelevant. You know, a great football team, you usually have two good receivers. Sometimes one is the benefit of the better receiver, but in the end of the game, at the end of the year, they both have big numbers because the combo worked, not because of the individual. Right. Five good receivers. Hell, they probably yeah. have two on the practice squad. I mean, now we have someone else drafting. Maybe we can have some of these guys because if you notice – how many training camps have we gone into in the last couple of years, last three, four years, where our third and fourth and fifth wide receivers are like guys that were free agents for a reason, you know, old, I mean, like 30-year-olds? Who do we, we have this year? It's escaping me. Um, the guy from Pittsburgh, like who was actually, I think, like a real, you know, he scored a winning touchdown in Pittsburgh, the wide receiver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Antonio Holmes. Yeah. San, Super Bowl yeah, MVP, I mean, but we had Antonio to, San Antonio Holmes. We had to sign him off the street because, right. um, you know, because our third guy broke his clavicle in training camp. It's just <laughs> we just we've been such a bad drafting team that we're constantly trying to win now and fill holes f- through free agency and, and spending money frivolously. I mean, we, look at San Francisco yeah. and Denver. All these pro bowlers are third and fourth round draft picks because they don't draft high. So they've got the science, and now we've got their staff. <laughs> I, I feel good about it. I do, too. I'm happy. Now, have you heard the rumors that this was all uh, the old man, uh, Ernie? had he, he he wrote all this down. He figured it out. He's friends with Elway. Elway said, hey, we got Fox. I like Fox, but I'd rather have somebody else here. As a matter of fact, I'd rather have uh, uh, Kubiak, who refused to interview with us at the right. time, which was kind of odd. And I, the rumor is the old man said, hey, I know Kubiak. I can get this whole thing to happen. We'll bring Fox to the Bears. He he doesn't lose face. We'll send Kubiak that way. Everybody's happy in the end. I mean, I don't buy it, but I think we win, so I don't care. <laughs> if they did it, good for them. And it, it sounds like <laughs> the biggest losers out of that three-team trade might be your Baltimore Ravens. If you, if you, if you had advice to oh, give to, oh. uh, to, to John Harbaugh, about his new offensive coordinator, Al, what would you tell him? Uh, have a fun first year. Good luck next year. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if they get the first year out of it. I don't know I'm either. Going right from the from here. Well, did you hear his interview? <laughs> no, I'm. He said, uh, he said, "I'm not here to teach the Baltimore. I'm not here to teach the Baltimore Ravens my offense. I'm here to learn theirs." <laughs> so. Oh, I, oh boy. Yeah, I know. So basically, he's going to try and run the. It'll be interesting. He's going to try and run because uh, Kubiak's offense is zone blocking scheme, which is what's coming to Chicago, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, but he does not have zone blocking experience. Hey, so, Jason, real quick, I, I got to take off. I got a, uh, I got a prior yeah, engagement. Yeah. Clark's going to close things out here. It was great talking to you. Good seeing the people. We'll be back next week. I'll be back next week for the full you're show. Le- you're leaving? Yeah. Uh oh. It's all you. I don't know what I'm going to do. Jesus, Al, how do you figure it out? Have a good one. I'll uh, I'll make it over to our our business meeting shortly. Al, Al handles the business side of this thing here, so uh, I'm going to let him handle that. Jason, now <laughs> yeah, that Al's yeah. gone, finally. How you doing, my friend? 
<laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> the third time I've asked you that. I yeah. we didn't talk we didn't talk too much about John Fox yet. I mean, we talked a little bit about his experience, but he's a guy who's done it twice. I mean, I know we were talking a lot about it last year. He was all but hired, but he's brought a team from something or from nothing into something that entire time. And, and under 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 two different circumstances. I mean, the guy took over uh, an expansion team that wasn't doing very well, had won one game, and flipped them around and then got him the Super Bowl two years later and took over a Broncos team that generally, you know, played pretty well under Shanahan that declined a little bit, but the guy knew what he was doing. McDaniels took over. They kind of, you know, went in the gutter, and then he had to come there and clean that up. And they didn't have draft picks because, you know, things got traded away. And, I mean, it's just – we needed a fixer. You know, I think that there might be some people out there who are worried that this isn't sexy, but I challenge them to ask, well, what is? To me, sexy is winning. I don't need the new maybe he'll be good coordinator anymore. We've been down that road almost every coaching hire since Ditka. Mm -hmm. So why? I mean, this guy is established as evidence. (laughs) As, As evidence, look at the staff he's put together. That's a reputation he brings with him. I mean, we we really have, from a developmental standpoint. I mean, we've got a, and we're not. He's not even done hiring yet. We have a top notch cast of people who are just going to be really good teachers who've been doing this for right. thirty years. Yeah. I, you know, and it's needed. You need like the old guy in the room who's been there, done that, who tell you to shut up and play. But exactly. He's managed personalities like a Steve Smith, so that doesn't bother me. I, I don't. I I don't think you you mess with him and good things happen to you. I don't, you know, he won't play. Yeah. So I, I agree with you completely, man. I got to tell I mean, you, we 30, have a, we have a leader. 37 year old Ryan Pace is coming in here and so far so good. Uh, I'm very excited and interested in seeing the draft coming up. Bears currently hold the seventh pick to start it off. Uh, I know you and I were talking earlier. We might not go full out into it. It's still pretty early. <laughs> right. But are we still talking about drafting a couple of weeks back uh, the the best player available? I hope so, and I think that if you look at any any draft boards or any of the preliminary ones, and now we're starting to get some supports out of uh, Senior Bowl practices this week. Yeah, it's very very defensive loaded, and it's very very pass rusher loaded, which is what we need, and we need different kinds of pass rushers for a three four defense. So. I mean, for people who are banging the table for us to draft a safety, and I get it because our safeties yep. have been atrocious for so long, but if you paid attention to Ryan Pace's press conference, he said that it's it's human nature. If you need a position out of need, you reach to draft him. That's what I think Landon Collin is from Alabama. He's a very good player, but he's a strong safety, and we need a free safety. You can find a strong safety anywhere. That's an in-the-box tackling machine. We need someone who can be a center fielder. I agree. I was looking at mock drafts out there, and I think think five out of seven that I looked at, they they were all going with that fellow from Alabama. Huh? A lot of them were before uh, we hired Fangio because now we're not in a Tampa 2-4-3 zone defense. Now Fangio likes an attacking style with man corners and, you know, big hitting safeties. So just think of San Fran and Seattle's kind of style of defense in terms of like big 
fast athletic safeties who can also cover. So, I mean, if you're telling that me to change is what we look for. If you're just telling me to think of San Francisco's defense is coming, being here with that new coach, I'm, I'm in. I'll take it. I'll take a top five defense. Hell, I'll take a top 20 defense in the league. I mean, did you see – did you watch any of their games other than our game, which was – I couldn't you know believe what? we won. <laughs> I, think, I think the only game that I really got to watch from them was, was that game. They had seven starters on, on – seven defensive starters on injured reserve last year, and they were still a top four defense. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that? That's the thing that – No, I can't. Have. Like, you see the Packers go down. They have guys going down left and right on defense, and then they still get it done. Uh, the year that they, they won the Super Bowl, just the last time when they beat us in the championship, or when they beat the Bears in the drafting. championship. It is. It's drafting. It's and drafting, plain and simple. I mean, Emery always made a pick, Jason, where I looked down on my sheet. that you, you provided me with a sheet last year, and I looked down, and he – like. First round pick is is in the second is in your second round you know he, he's making reaches and then I convince myself that it's not a terrible pick I'm done doing that you know I right. convinced myself I I was all behind Tressman I, I'm on I'm on this show you can go back and listen to it talking about how good it's going to be hell at the beginning of this season I had him winning eleven games I don't know why that was insane but I well based I on the year put, before it made sense <laughs> I can't sit here right now and put everything right behind. I can't put everything right behind this coaching staff yet because no. I thought the last time it was going to be all right. And sure, you can tell me all about experience, but what I want is somebody who's able to get the job done. Do uh, what I, I do have more faith in, you know, because I think everyone is guilty of – I put I put something like this in the blog, but, like, we're all guilty of, like, optimism and hope when we see moves being made. It's kind of like, oh, but if you ever notice – Behind that optimism and hope, like in the last several years, either through coaches or players, you have to Google them to find yes. out who they are. And yep. in this coaching staff, special teams guy, yeah, you know, position guys, yeah, but offensive and defensive coordinator, head coach, you're not Googling shit. You know right. who these people are. They are in your face. They are the right hires. But I have an excitement that I don't usually have because I think with a new front office and a coach who's experienced enough to know what it takes to be an NFL player, we're going to give them finally the players that they need that we've been lacking. We could bring in the Lombardi with that garbage roster we had last year. It just, but these guys are going to weed them out. They're going to be able to be like, yep, you can play or you can't. You're not even good enough for special teams. Like, right, right. I, I know it's going to happen. They're, they're evaluators. They're veterans. They, they don't screw around and they don't have time to waste. They're like, they're all close to 60. They want to win. <laughs> Yep. Hey, Jason, we are getting down to it. We're we're down to the the final. Oh yeah. There she is. There's Linda. We're down to the final minutes. I want to thank you for being on. You're at Jason Ferrari uh, at Jason Ferrari seventy five on Twitter, and then it's football stuff and things dot blogspot dot dot blogspot. I can't even talk. Football stuff and things dot blogspot dot com spot. Why am I why, why do I sound British there on the last part? I don't know. I'm gonna see if I can get that thing fixed. It's such a long ass thing, but yeah. What's Football the stuff and things dot blogspot dot com. There it is. And he's there's a ton of great bear stuff right there. You you wrote that you wrote that one that came out yesterday and it's very put together with the new team. Uh brother, thanks for being on. Did you have anything else that you needed to get out this week? 
<laughs> no, I'm good, man. I'm just excited for the rest of the hires, and uh, we'll see what they start evaluating, man. I'm looking forward to the offseason, sure. All right, brother. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Have a good night. Sure, you do the same. See you, Jason. There he is, Jason Ferrari. You guys, thank you so much for listening to the show tonight. As I said before, this live show, if, if, for those of you who are honest live, have a good night. Thank you for listening. I'm really not going to do too much of an overtime because, hell, I don't do the show without Al very much. He's my partner, Al Larcher. My name's Clark Lawrence. Find us on Stitcher Radio. Find us on iTunes. Thank you much. Hey Randy, hey Randy, Travis, be sure and listen to the morning, the morning, Big Al, Big Al, Wolf Al, Al, your country alternative, ninety-eight-five-seven-ACL. Well, it's something. Well, there it is, Lutcher and Lawrence in one twelve. You know what, Al and I, we always go into this overtime thing here. There's not going to be too much of it, like I said. I did catch an episode, i got to bring this up, of The Incredible Hulk. Uh, some networks playing them, so I recorded about three of them. I watched that show, Lou Ferrigno, Bill Baxby. For you youngsters, it was a show from the late 70s into the early 80s. Lou Ferrigno, gigantic dude. You've seen him in a couple movies here and there. Uh... Well, they used Bears stock footage on this episode that I watched. Uh, it was about a linebacker who happened to be number 51. You know who I'm talking about, the stock footage that they used from. And he had anger issues. And, of course, with the Incredible Hulk, uh, Bruce Banner. In, in this, they actually, on that old show, they called him David Banner, which was different. But they used the footage from that. The character was a different name. The team was a different name, based out of the Coliseum over there. But it has one of the most incredible footage. The Coliseum over there. By, over there, I mean L.A. They had an incredible scene in it where uh, the Incredible Hulk, portrayed by Lou Ferrigno, Bill Baxby played uh, David Banner before he got angry. There's this incredible scene in it where he comes running out, running down the field, down the Coliseum, and he saves this guy with anger issues from murdering a quarterback. The guy was going to murder a quarterback. He's beating him up. He's very pissed. He doesn't know the difference at this time. And, and Banner, the Incredible Hawk, comes running in. He's green, obviously gigantic jacked, lifts up number 51, and by this point it's no longer the stock footage from the Bears, throws him over his shoulder and is running through the Coliseum, stiff-arming Bears away from him. And the announcers actually call him down the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5, and he goes into the end zone. I kid you not. Look it up. I'll get you the episode later. I'll give you a link to the IMDb as soon as the show's over. It was something else. <sighs> this podcasting thing on your own isn't all it's cracked up to be. I got to tell you. You know, Al and I, we don't get too much time to talk about the Bulls or the Blackhawks, but we're planning on bringing some guys in uh, over the next couple of weeks so we can, uh, we can talk a little bit about that. Chicago Bulls, I got a couple of guys that we watch a lot of games with together. I'm going to turn on the game for a little bit tonight, starting at 7. Uh, this, again, is Thursday, January 22nd, for those of you not listening to the uh, to the live show. Well, actually, we're on the overtime, so the only way you could be doing that is if you call in. I haven't mentioned that before. You can call in to listen to our show. And by doing so, you, you call in at the number is 347-945-6131. Lauren's here to answer your call. She might answer, and if you just want to listen, just let her know. Just say, hey, Lauren, you know what? Tonight, 
I don't want to join the guys. I don't want to enter up the greatness that is the larger Lords of Sports show. I just want to listen. She'll put you back on, and she'll let me know uh, that, that we're not going to do it, that we're not going to bring you on, but you can listen. That way you're not using your precious data, because I know a lot of companies don't want you using data. You can just use your phone line, and they're all given unlimited minutes now. So if you're in the car on your way home, like I said, Thursday nights at 6 p.m., you can listen on Blog Talk Radio. There you have it. You've been listening to us, the Larcher and Larson Sports Show. As I've mentioned, we do this live to podcast, so we don't edit it. Right now is one of those times that I wish that I could be editing because I am playing a song and nothing is happening. That's interesting. Well, we'll go with another song. Guys, thanks for joining us. We're not going with any songs. It's like I'm new to this or something. Hang on. Let me try this again. Al leaves, the whole show goes down, gets very unprofessional. I'm not editing this out. You can listen to it. What's that? Did I find music? There it is. Have a good night. Yell at me for messing this up. I am Clark in Chicago on Twitter. I'm also Clark in Chicago on Instagram. L. Archer is larger than life. As I said earlier, Jason Ferrari 75. He's on See ya. Have a good night. For those of you wondering what the heck is playing, this is Al's aforementioned Sia Chandelier. All right, this time I'm gone.
Yikes. Ricardo Production.